Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Science Snacks. It's me, your science liaison with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. On today's episode, we'll be talking about tattoo pain. So if needles and things like that aren't something you're, you're into the idea of, <laughs> well, this one's going to be a doozy for you. Uh, I recently got a tattoo and was talking with the uh, guy uh, who was doing the tattoo, the tattoo artist, if you will. And we had this in-depth conversation about tattoo pain. And we talked pretty in-depth. He was making some claims that I thought were pretty interesting. A handful of the claims that he said were that there's no rhyme or reason as to who experiences pain or how much pain they get. That uh, females, however, tend to, on average, uh, have <laughs> less pain than their male counterparts, is the claim that he had. Um, he said that he's seen a handful of times where the boyfriend will come in with their significant other and the girlfriend will, um, not have the pain and will, uh, either fake it <laughs> so that their boyfriend feels like, oh, it's not just me to make them feel better. Or, uh, there's, there's, you know, a significant difference. Um, and he says, you know, oh, I can tell that they're they're faking it, you know, because their their pain isn't real response that a normal person has. And and again, this is from him having tattooed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. So his claim was that on average, females experience uh, tattoo pain less. He also had some other claims about, you know, well, uh, if you're very muscular muscle has more nerve endings, so muscle, muscular people are very lean people, uh, tend to have less kind of in the way of the nerve endings, so they'll experience more pain. But he also said that you can't guarantee that like someone who is, let's say, obese, uh, won't experience much pain because he's had situations where uh, someone has come in and been oh, like, oh, this is the worst experience in my life, and I hate every aspect of this. And they were, they were severely overweight. So there's no rhyme or reason. It's very person by person as to what the, the pain is. Uh, me personally, I uh, hate getting tattoos. I personally love having tattoos, but man, the process of getting them is a buck wild experience. For me. I oftentimes am like, uh, you know, I would love to get peace or, or something like that, that onto my body. Uh, but the process of doing so is uh, very intimidating for me and gives me kind of anxiety even just, you know, uh, in preparation for it, much less, you know, the actual pain from it. Um, and I don't personally think that, like, my anxiety is causing more pain because, you know, that's, that's not kind of how I am. Um, and that's, I don't think that the anxiety causes more pain. I think being aware that I will experience the pain and it will be prolonged can't. I have a hard time stopping it, things like that, um, or getting around it. <laughs> that's that's certainly uh, uh, something that, that I deal with. Uh, so for me, it's a lot of pain. Um, however, I, I know individuals who, uh, a, a female friend of mine said, hey, I've fallen asleep during a tattoo before. It was so little pain for me. In fact, I found it kind of soothing. And I was, I've always thought that was kind of wild. <laughs> um, also individuals that I know personally that have gotten like their entire ribs tattooed all the way to like, you know, the hip bone. And they, they said it was nothing that they could do it. And it was no problem whatsoever. 
And, you know, these are people who are a fairly larger uh, guy that, that, you know, I think that there's, there's certainly a difference between us. I've, I literally do martial arts. I throw people, I get thrown, I, you know, get punched, kicked, things like that. Like I literally do things that are pain inducing, but yeah, there's something about the tattooing process that, that for some reason has its hold over. And so I wanted to explore my tattoo artist's claim about gender differences in tattooing. Because he said that it's difficult, it's very person by person, but on average, females experience less tattoo pain or better able to handle the pain than males are. And there's anecdotal evidence for a lot of uh, that type of stuff. Of like, you know, there's videos out there of uh, electrically inducing pain similar to giving birth or having a period, things like that, where they can do the electrical stimulation equivalent for guys and guys are just like you know, bent over in pain you know going through that or there's the iconic like guy who is sick and acts like a, a big baby in bed um like oh i can't get up meanwhile like the the girl handles it best time to be better uh so we have anecdotal common anecdotal evidence and while anecdotal evidence isn't scientific while it you know personal knowledge and stories that we may have aren't scientific, they can point us in the direction where maybe some science can be done. So that's where we get to our research paper this week. So our research paper is from 2020. It's from the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. Uh, and so this one is uh, very simply titled, Gender Differences in Subjective Pain Perception During and After Tattooing. This is, uh, the primary author here is Joanna Witkus, uh, who is the Facility of Medicine and Health Scientist. Uh, and then we have uh, Magdalena Hartman uh, Petrika. Um, so these are two individuals who, it appears they're from Poland, uh, Medical University of Silesia. Uh, I hope, as always, I'm pronouncing that correct. So uh, this article is focused primarily on differences in subjective pain during and after tattooing. So that's pretty great, right? So uh, they initially start off talking about tattooing and what it is, um, that it's, you know, often, you know, cultural tattoo, uh, cultural taboo. Uh, related to ostracizing tattooed individuals in a way of expressing oneself as a sign of individualism. There's a lot of like cultural significance. Uh, depending on the parts of the world that you're in, it can mean different things. For example, there's, there's parts of like Asian communities where it can mean that you're part of a gang or that, you know, you uh, specifically in Japan, there's, uh, while they aren't illegal, there's still a huge social stigma against them. Uh, so like having tattoos in Japan can be associated with the Yakuza and crime and that, you know, they can get individuals and even guests from overseas barred from certain establishments and hot springs and gyms and swimming pools and beaches that they can be seen that you are, uh, as, as they sometimes say, ne'er-do-wells and someone who is going to cause problems. Uh, and it's only been in recent Western culture where, you know, tattoos have become more and more accepted. And even still, uh, older generations oftentimes will hearken and they'll, they'll say, who says hearken? 
let me make fun of myself for a second. They will say, <laughs> they'll say, oh, you can't get hired if you have tattoos. Or like, they're going to make it much harder for you to get hired. And you, you know, won't be able to get a good job or won't look professional if you have tattoos, especially if they're, you know, not easily hidden. Then they go on to describe, you know, they're exactly like, oh, types of ornament to reflect works of art or be fashionable accessory that draws attention, helps one stand out. Um, there's numerous motivations to get a tattoo. It can be a sign of quality, personality, independence, or controversially, a sign of identification with a particular group, especially a sign of one's sense of belonging to a given subculture. For example, on my left arm, I have one that signifies, go figure, martial arts. And so my, my martial arts kind of subculture or group is, is literally tattooed onto my body. I've thought about getting other martial arts tattoos, but I don't want to do like the, the like unclassy kind of like traditional ones. I, I don't like the idea of like dragon stuff. And anyways, that's a complete sidebar. <laughs> uh, so they go on talking about how that regardless of the above mentioned motivations to get a tattoo, ultimately uh, the evolutionary aim is to is an impulse rooted in sexual selection, need to increase individuals attractiveness on such a basis. And I don't think that's really unfair. I personally find tattoos very attractive. In a significant other, I would be like more likely to be with someone who has tattoos than someone who does not. And I myself have found that like, oh, tattoos helped my, uh, let's say, attractiveness in, in partners or at least selected for partners that uh also like tattoos and maybe i would have more things in common with than someone who you know didn't have tattoos or perhaps saw them as as culturally not good for maybe religious reasons well you know maybe that selects better mates for me um so a tattoo has a relatively permanent character and increases and its creation involves a painful sensation uh, of multiple skin punctures performed with needles on one hand, a tattoo is a visual sign of rejecting a taboo, but on the other, however, it cannot be overlooked that it is an act of self-injury inextricably linked with pain. That's kind of the premise that they get, get with what a tattoo is. Now going through, they're talking about how pain is a complex process, involves a lot, there's like a psychosomatic predisposition, there's the actual pain that occurs that triggers the whole whole thing of reactions and response uh and and it can all be made even more painful when it triggers like emotional reactions such as information about pain being transmitted to the limbic system so the unpleasant pain sensation during tattoo is linked to the presence of the skin of free nerve endings uh nocio receptor nociceptors uh i can never pronounce it uh, reacting to skin tissue damage, uh, which, in the case of this procedure, are understood as the piercing of the skin with the needle, the whole mechanism of how you get a tattoo. Uh, the pain experienced uh, during the tattoo is a receptor pain due to its pathomechanism. So more precisely, one type of receptor pain, somatic pain, caused by an injury is soft tissue, which includes the skin. So there. They're giving basic definitions of how the pain occurs. Now, in recent years, the particular role of gender in the perception of individual pain has been noted. And so 
this this is exactly what <laughs> the kind of thing that you know oh my my tattoo guy had said for many years clinical trials often involve male subjects and then in greater mass than female subjects due to you know uh, hormonal changes related to you know menstrual cycles which they thought could significantly influence the perception of pain that's at least their reasoning. They're saying, oh, women can't, you know, uh, be relied upon <laughs> to give us pain uh, perception because they're they're menstruating. <laughs> oh, man, freaking old science always sucks a little bit. Uh, numerous studies have shown gender related differences in response to various experimental pain stimuli, including mechanical, electrical, thermal, isochemic, chemical or pathogenical. Uh, pain, uh, and they have a bunch of cited sources here. So they've shown that women have a lower pain threshold and a lower tolerance than men in most types of these stimuli. Therefore, women report increased pain sensation and further greater sensitivity to both clinical and experimental pain, which is interesting. That's the exact opposite of what my tattoo guy said. He said that women should experience less pain. And maybe have a higher threshold, but here we have on average across these, you know, several studies that they have a lower pain threshold and a lower tolerance than most men. Individual differences they go on to talk about involve everything from like hormonal balance to like how the, the pain is perceived and like different types of like, you know, nerve endings. And uh, they talk about estriol, uh, estriol. Oestradiol, nailed it, is known to affect neurotransmission and synaptic plasticity. So they're talking about, you know, the specific hormones. In the case of males, testosterone levels do not decrease until uh, synsescence. Uh, the folli uh, follicular phase begins on the first day of menstrual bleeding, which is thus the first day of the cycle. So they're kind of giving some justification of like hormonal levels and association with pain. The research undertakes, uh, so they want to say, this research in particular wants to assess differences in pain intensity in males and females during tattooing and directly upon the completion of the procedure. Moreover, the authors inspected the continuity of the pain or its increasing nature radiating to the body and other areas other than the tattoo place, as well as bleeding during the procedure. The aim was to provide a wider analysis of gender differences regarding any age of tattooing, location, and duration of the procedure. They also wanted to uh, analyze the pain sensation in connection to uh, particular phases of the menstrual cycle. So if you're making the claim, oh, we can't trust women's analysis of pain, or oh, hormones affect you know, pain in, in certain ways that we can't you know, control. We can't just have a stationary human like like a boring male. <laughs> Instead, they're making the claim, well, oh, hormones affected in a particular way. Well, they wanted to uh, make a connection with phases of pain and the phases of uh, menstrual cycle in females. And maybe get exact data if you're making the claim on, about the hormone balance. Well, let's test that. So, this is where our authors get into their stuff. They had a study which involved 1,092 participants, consisting of 863 women, or 79% of their participants, and 229 men, 1%. Now, you might immediately think, oh man, 
this is uh this isn't good we have more females than males right but instead because we're splitting the females up into different groups uh we wanted to have an over representation of them because 229 men honestly we're all the same <laughs> we're we're oftentimes overrepresented. so the research lasted one year from june 2019 to june 2020 and at first, it was conducted at Horror Crooks Tattoo Studio in Katowice and other partner studios. However, after five months, it was noticed that the previous recruitment method was ineffective, mainly due to the reluctance of the tattoo persons to complete the survey following a one-hour or longer painful tattoo session. Uh, the persons reported fatigue and needed a rest. Uh, using this method, about 60 females and 10 males were served with about 30 people refusing to complete the questionnaire. I get that. So my tattoo session I just had was uh, about four to five hours, and my God, it sucked. (laughs) I already told you I have, like, uh, the pain thing. Like, oh, man, it's a lot, right? Uh, So, yeah, after 60 minutes of, like, a painful tattoo session, yeah, that would suck. I wouldn't want to take that either. Uh, the link to survey included its description with spano- a special annotation to female participants. Only those females who were tattooed during the same month as they were completing the survey were asked to commit, uh, submit the questionnaire. So the authors aimed to precisely define the day of a woman's menstrual cycle when she was tattooed. The menstrual cycle was understood as repetitive, uh, monthly hormonal changes in the female body aimed at preparing the, they talk about what exactly menstrual cycle is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that here now. Maybe in a future episode, but I'm good, honestly. Um, in order to assess the pain, they had the numerical rating scale, which comprised uh, pain intensity from 0 to 10, where 0 indicated a total lack of pain, and 10 was marked with the highest degree. Um, they also, uh, a lack of pain on the day of tattooing, including uh, headache or menstrual pain, no regular use of over-the-counter medicines. They wanted to like make sure that the person hadn't consumed alcohol or energy drinks 24 hours prior to the research. Uh, in females, additional inclusion criteria was like, did you have regular menstrual cycles understood as occurring every 28 to 32 days, not using hormonal contraception? Uh, exclusion criteria included persons with like sensory disorders and chronic pain. In case of females, they also like cut out a handful of other things. So that being said, uh, out of all submitted surveys, around 170 were removed from the further analysis. Most often, these were completed by women with irregular menstrual cycles or using hormonal contraceptives. A few surveys were also completed incorrectly, and so they could put that in. So then they started doing some statistical analyses. And so here's where we get into our first table. You know that I love tables. And what's even fun here, more, more fun, funner, is that they have p-values associated with it. So going through the table, um, they have everything from their you know, uh, dependent variables, so men versus women. Uh, so NRS tattoo during, uh, the pain response during tattooing, and pain response after tattooing. So men, during the tattooing, uh, they generally rated it um, about 4.48. And then women generally rated it around 4.31 during the tattooing. 
uh, which statistically is basically the same. Uh, but after tattooing, men dropped to 1.76 is how they would rate it. And women dropped, but only to 2.15, which is a statistically significant number. Now, uh, did it increase in pain or pain during tattooing, things like that? Um, like exact numbers, radiating pain, predictors, gender, they go through uh, things like age and BMI. So uh, to, to get, you know, uh, they had, of course, the 229 men and the 863 women. The age on average for the men was 27 uh, years old, where the age on average for women was just short of 25 years old. And then they had BMIs. So the average BMI for the man was 28 and the average BMI for the woman was 26. Um, and then they had education levels. So junior high, vocational high school, like. These people, when they're getting higher education, upper, you know, what, where, where was the uh, thing? Upper, lower body, torso, neck, um, and then the time that the tattoo took. So if I were to go through this and I were to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 20s. Uh, I have like a, a decent BMI. I have higher education. So and my tattoo lasted <laughs> uh, four to five hours, which is something they have here, occurred in 31 male cases. Um, they also measured bleeding. They also measured relative stress levels. And were there any analgesics taken before the con uh, procedure? Then for women, uh, what cycle of your phase? And so all that information, you know, we can take and then we can kind of uh, quantify down and get actual information about like, you know, is there a difference? So going through their uh, conclusion, which they've labeled discussion, um, they talk again about what tattooings are and why people do it. Um, but then they talk about how their actual like um, research did not show a statistical significance in the influence of menstrual cycle phase in women on the perception of external stimulus. In this case, puncturing their skin during the tattoo. So menstrual cycles don't do anything. This belief that they, <laughs> this belief that they uh, were doing it for so long that that you know which point in your cycle affected it. Like that was huge claim in the very beginning is wrong. Reading through, it seems like they're saving some of the best stuff for last because they start talking about like what previous research has claimed. Uh, and, and all that they're talking about, like, uh, how, you know, a startling thing that they discovered was around 10% of people in both study groups claim that receiving a tattoo did not cause them any pain. And while it's clear, every being has like different pain threshold is affected by a plethora of factors, as I mentioned before, as well as the fact that every person experienced pain in a very personal way. It's challenging to explain such a result in a straightforward way. And the fact that it occurred across groups is pretty interesting. Um, it could either be that like maybe there's a design flaw in their rating system, or you know, maybe people, 10% of people just don't experience that specific pain. Uh, and these participants might have had a particularly high pain threshold, the density of the pain receptors lower within the affected area. This value may vary from, you know, uh, 0.5 to 1 millimeter. Uh, the tattoo area might not have had contact 
bone or and then adipose tissue might have created enough buffer. So there's a variety of different factors. They also talk about like how somebody can, you know, get into different quote unquote states of mind uh, that can kind of ease that pain. So uh, they so part of the lack of pain they continue on uh, is how participants can encompass their mental attitude towards the process itself. For them getting a tattoo could have been a certain kind of sacrifice that involved particular engagement in the procedure itself. The pain was accepted as such an extent that I was able to mentally block it out, get kind of this thing. Um, maybe the exact mechanism was triggered among graduates of junior high who declared lower uh, pain intensity than those of higher education. Like there's, there's uh, perhaps like an education factor to it. But would they also continue on? Again, holding out the fun stuff until the very end is uh, that there's these, uh, this association with stress and pain. Uh, so first they talk about how like you're not allowed to take analgesics, uh, which you know can increase pain. So things to like block out the pain, especially things like aspirin, things like that. Uh, and you know people drink, and that thins the blood, which can increase bleeding. Uh, despite receiving the aforementioned information, 33% of participants, most notably due to the stress accompanying possible pain during tattooing, had decided to take analgesics prior to the procedure. <laughs> Contrary to expectations, it was noted that the intake of analgesics increased the pain. So if you take pain meds before, you're going to just experience more pain if you're one of the people taking that. So that doesn't mean that the analgesics, they, uh, they're causing it. But such an unforeseen effect may be explained by the fact that usually it's the persons with low pain thresholds that take such medications, and that their sensitivity to pain overpowering the effects of analgesics. Suspected that most participants often resorted to widely available uh, paracetamol, paracetamol, God, always gets me, and ibuprofen. Uh, the authors, however, do not have detailed information on the pain meds because not to take them. The it was just a yes or no question there. Um, the results show that stress, so getting back to that, is an important factor in increasing pain sensation. Uh, so pain escalation during the tattoo. So uh, this is consistent with some previous research by Peters, Emotional and Cognitive Influences on Pain Experience Observations, uh, who presented his review article that negative emotions such as fear, intensified pain sensation, while positive ones foster uh, decrease and re receive pain stimuli. Certainly pain is not is definitely not merely a simple registration of a stimulus. In fact, it should be uh, viewed as a complex experience with strong component and psychological factors unique to each human. Uh, they talk about bleeding. 69% of people observe bleeding due to performance of a tattoo. Uh, and they said tattooing is always accompanied by bleeding, uh, while remaining participants reported bleeding so light that it went unnoticed. Bleeding is linked to an increase in pain, both during and after that tattoo, and this connection might be caused by the depth of the punctures and the skin properties or the thickness of one's per, uh, skin layers. The occurrence of pain radiating to different parts of the body other than the tattooed area is not dependent on the presence of bleeding and stress. So they, they said those two things are separate. It does, however, depend on the location of the tattoo. Radiating pain is more common in upper extremities than lower extremities, 
and also upper extremities differed from the torso. Further research is required to prove which location-related factor determines, you know, spreading of pain. It can be presumed, however, that the density of nerve endings within a particular area is uh, of particular importance. So, uh, my buddy Rob, he uh, he has a tattoo of uh, the Superman crest on his back, big dork uh, that he is, and he said that when they went over the spinal part of it, his 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 glutes clenched. He literally could not stop his, his butt from clenching uh, <laughs> because it was hitting those nerves. And for me, uh, when I was getting my new tattoo, uh, we were going over kind of the shoulder and uh, it's, it's all kind of almost a half sleeve. And uh, we hit everything along the neck in this line of nerves that are called the bronchial plexus. And <laughs> those go down the neck and down the shoulder and uh that being said i felt it all throughout my arm so if you're hitting a nerve cluster everything downstream of that nerve cluster might be reacting to that uh, stimulus and that shouldn't be too surprising uh so they then say during our research, we attempted to determine the degree of pain perception in males and females undergoing the process of tattooing. Moreover, they strive to assess whether factors associated with certain individual characteristics affect the painful process or the painful experience. During the research, however, we encountered certain limitations. <laughs> Scholars sharing our scope of academic interest should pay attention to them and shape future direction of scientific research. Statistically significant differences in the number of tattooed men and women, their age and education were found. Unfortunately, the method of recruitment does not allow us to determine how this effect depends on the actual phenomenon of tattooing in Poland and to what extent it depended on the willingness to complete the survey in groups of males and females. The participants were not asked whether this was their first or subsequent tattoo. And some of the respondents might have been so-called collectors, quote-unquote, which could have also impacted the mental interpretation of pain and perception due to the former experience of this type of pain, yielding a different attitude towards its perception. Uh, so a way to think about this is that, like, if I've had, you know, a dozen tattoos in the past, I might be less willing to rate this one, you know, high and, and painful. Because, oh man, it's not as painful as the, my one chest tattoo, or when I, when I got my kneecaps done, or whatever it is. So, uh, that, being, that being your point of reference might alter your uh, ability to rate pain highly, even if you did experience that pain. One significant limitation of the conducted study was that the fact that the tattoo persons completed the online survey questionnaire not completed immediately after ending their tattoo procedure. However, in the introduction to the online survey questionnaire, it was indicated that the, person, uh, that the period of time between the day of tattooing and questionnaire completion day should not exceed one month. This was also associated with the menstrual cycle in women. It is decided that this was a maximum time for recalling the pain experience in the procedure. They also took, uh, they took a variety of data, but one of the things that they noted that they did not take was marital status. <laughs> so such knowledge uh, would not influence general results, but it would enrich the description of the study group 
and show whether it impacts the frequency of tattooing in society. Uh, the, the respondent's motivation for getting a tattoo was also unknown. So could it be, uh, you know, if you're getting it for a certain reason, uh, you know, you're more likely uh, to have somebody that, I don't know, maybe wants to get it for a cultural reason and they have a high pain threshold, whereas somebody who wants to get it for a fashion reason to make it look more attractive uh, might have a lower threshold or vice versa. There's no point of reference here. So they, they again, as many uh, surveys do, they, uh, they say, well, we need more data. Uh, the conclusions here, after being tattooed, women experience more intense pain than men. However, no differences in pain perception were noted during the procedure. Compared to men, female participants reported higher stress before the procedure, but they also more frequently decided to tattoo their torso, while their tattoos required less time to complete and caused lighter bleeding. The factors that most significantly increased pain perception during the process of tattooing included the time required to complete the tattoo and the presence of bleeding, stress, or intakes uh, painkillers or analgesics. Uh, so they did find statistically significant. And uh, honestly, I was cheering on the women for this one. I had hoped that uh, that women were more likely to uh, have lower pain, partially because I, I, never, <laughs> I never want anybody to have any pain. But also, I kind of I kind of personally cheer on women, like the, the narrative of, of women having ways to be stronger than and I, I kind of like that. But in this statistical analysis, it seems that women tended to rate their experience of pain both before and, or excuse me, during and after tattooing higher than men. And while we can correlate different things like, you know, age and gender and education and body area and the time um, with, with a bunch of different factors, ultimately, they bring up an interesting question, which is, are the people that are willing to take these surveys, you know, uh, more likely to, to rate things differently? Is, is there a problem in selection when getting your specific group? This is a problem we find in a lot of, of science. There's a, a big problem with psych research that a lot of psychology um, is very focused on uh college students and <laughs> that's a very uh because that's that's who you have handy when doing psychology research uh and it's very difficult to get non-college students to to participate in psych studies so oftentimes they're carried out on campus same thing here is there a problem in your selection and your ability to get individuals because those willing to do your studies willing to fill out the surveys are often those who you know, might not represent the mass public. For me, every time I'm told to, you know, they hand me the receipt and they're like, hey, there's a survey at the bottom, you could win whatever, I immediately write it off and I never do it. <laughs> I guess I'm like, first off, my chances of winning that are ridiculous. I don't participate in the lottery or, or like anything. So why would I do that? And uh, I, I also have this kind of struggle that like, I don't really want to waste time on some type of online survey. Even after, you know, uh, talking on the phone to somebody, I personally don't want to do that. Ask yourself, would you? Would you take your time to do the survey and stuff? Well, if the answer is no, then you aren't being represented in this study. 
this is a study of people who are willing to, and maybe there's something different about them versus you. So one of the things I had always hoped to talk about in this podcast, and I hope each time, is to get an idea of what makes good science and bad science. And honestly, this is a good paper. Um, overall, they're, they're you know, doing a questionnaire, which has like a lot of these types of problems. But they're self-aware of the limitations of their questionnaire. And in the end, they're like, yes, we had statistically significant data. Here's what it is. And they ultimately say, in our data, it shows women have lower pain threshold. They, they experience more of that pain. And they also said, hey, but there's, there's no effect from the menstrual cycle or, or all that. Or there's no differences in pain noted during the procedure, but they, they recall more pain after the procedure. Um, so talking about the limitations of science and what makes good science and bad science is that you're aware, like this specifically is research that has to do with the population willing to take a survey that are also getting tattoos in this specific Polish town. <laughs> <laughs> so recognizing the limitations of your research and maybe what more research needs to be done, how do we apply this to a broader thing? How do we apply it to men and women as a whole? Like on average, are maybe maybe Polish women they they just have a lower pain threshold than I don't know, uh Norwegian women. Maybe if we did this in Norway that like we would have a drastically different effect. Who knows? Because the survey only applies to that specific set of individuals. And how do we apply something in mass? Well, I'd hope that this research would uh, end up with, you know, some cool title of like, your, your wife gets tattoos better than you do or something like that. But sadly, that's not the case. And like with all things, we should listen to the science. And, you know, maybe our personal experience, like my tattoo artist's experience, um, can point us in the direction of science, maybe point us in the direction of where more research needs to be done. But when that research is done, that should be what we accept as the standard truth. Uh, however, this specific Polish town <laughs> with people getting tattooed in it um, perhaps maybe isn't the full story, but at least is a story. But hey, that's enough for me. I hope you enjoyed listening. And hey, don't forget your safety glasses.